Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tradey Business School. This is Michael McNish here. Really good to uh, see you guys back, or if you're in in the truck, in the van, in the ute, obviously can't see us, but you can hear us. So welcome back wherever you are. On today's episode, we want to talk about how do you manage money and cash flow better. Michael, such a hot topic amongst all tradesmen and general contractors. Hello, my name is Barry Wimbagadidi, your co-host for today's episode. So stoked to be here talking all things money and cash flow. This this topic is probably red hot on, on most people's minds, you know, because cash and money are probably one of the biggest things that people stress over, and particularly in uh, trades work, contracting work, getting paid on time, managing bills, you know, keeping up with everything that's going on. It's very, very difficult to keep on top of things. And what's even more scary is that so many of us, have absolutely no idea. It's really, really scary. Without opening up Pandora's box, this is where I think the school system fundamentally flawed. You know, like, yes, we need to learn maths and English and so forth, but where was the education around managing money? You know, like for me, it wasn't from my parents. You know, it wasn't from school. And so, you know, I got in my first business and, you know, as, as I shared a bit on the last episode with Miranda, you know, I, I, was, I was able to eventually start making a lot of money. You never had any money. And what I didn't understand is that when growing a trades business, very different to service-based businesses, you're often putting a lot of cash out for materials, right? So you're putting cash out for materials far, far before you can bill for them. You're putting cash out in wages every week. And, you know, often the payment terms differ from state to state, country to country. But, you know, we could charge a deposit, we could charge a progress payment, but the, the rest we couldn't charge to the end. So we were often not getting paid to the end. If there was reworks, that was delaying things. If, if builders went bankrupt, that was delaying things. You know, there's a whole bunch that we're doing that we're managing that until I kind of learned the strategy we're going to share today, which is so freaking simple, you know, I was always robbing Paul to pay Peter. I was taking money from here to pay this over there. And I was, you know, winning this work, get this deposit to pay this money over here to finish this job over there. And then the tax bill would come. I'd never have the money to pay the tax bill. Yeah. Good old tax bills. And and the thing with the is that every business deals with that typically who don't have a, a simple system to manage money. And what was fascinating for me was it was about, I think, three or four years ago when uh, we were at an event together on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, yeah. and you showed me the book, The Barefoot Investor. Yeah. And The Barefoot Investor absolutely transformed the way I personally managed money. At the time, I was renting. At the time, I was sort of getting through, you know, doing doing okay, you know, I was earning money. Mm. But when I implemented the system for me, my personal finances, I've now bought a new car. I now have my own home. I have now have more cash in the bank than I've ever, ever had before. And the funny thing was that previously, in order to have that, I thought I have to earn more. I have yeah. to work more. I have to do more, right? But I'd never thought that a system or a simple system for managing money would have such a profound effect on me. And yeah. we know that, like, we do that in our businesses, what would be possible? Yeah, well, this is the thing. I, I guess we're not selling the, the barefoot investor here. Um, however, I will say that, that if you want to find a very simple system to manage your personal finances, absolutely buy the book for 30 bucks, implement what's shared because, yeah, that's the most important part. It's not just acquiring the knowledge, but implementing it. And following mm. it, and I guarantee you that within six to 12 months, you will have more money in the bank than you've probably ever had before. You know, for me, Michael, money was always this elusive thing. Like, I just couldn't physically understand how I was making it. I knew I was making it, 
Mm. Yet it was in the bank and it wasn't in like toys. I didn't have jet skis or cars back then or properties. Like it just seemed to disappear. And mm. I remember that I started to, to search and to understand. And I met um, one of my first mentors, Dr. John Martini, mm. who was speaking about this. And, you know, what I realized is that we always live to our means. And I remember experiences when I was an apprentice is getting paid. And I knew I had a pay rise coming up. And I was like, oh, I should save that 50 bucks a week. And well, the first week I'm like, oh, I'll just use it to buy this thing for my car. And then by the second week, oh, I'll just use it to buy this thing. And by the third week, that money was gone. Like, and I was like, oh, I don't know how I could possibly save any money, right? Because I started to, to expand my, my cost of living, my, my, my means of living. And we do that all the time with time. We, you know, if we, if we have 40 hours a week to work in a business, we will work 40 hours a week. If we have eight hours a week, we will find a way to get it all done in eight hours a week. Now, where things started to change for me was actually before the Barefoot Investor, I was like, I wonder what would happen if I created a system for my money. Because I started yes. realizing that systems were important to grow my business because at that point in time, I was doing everything, wearing all the hats. I was like, if I could start to create a system and automate it because I get, too, I get way too emotional around money. Mm-hmm. So if I could make a system that automatically moved my money to, to spaces it was supposed to be in, I could remove the emotion from it. I could focus on doing what I was doing best, which was making money. And in the back end, I had something automated that was, that was basically organizing my money and putting it into buckets. And so I kind of got this process from, uh, I'm not sure if any of you guys remember like growing up having your mum or your, your, your grandmother or your grandfather having a series of envelopes in like a timber box and they'd get paid and they'd put a bit of money in this envelope, a bit of money in this envelope and they'd have an envelope for groceries. Mm-hmm. There'd be one for, for house mortgage repayments or, or so forth. There would be one for maybe spending on other things. There'd be one for the electricity. Mm. And so I kind of got that idea from that. It's like I could separate my money into boxes. Yes. One for tax, one for my pay, one for expenses, and one for a rainy day. Yep. And it's so simple. And I remember growing up, my mum did exactly the same thing. But instead of envelopes, she used one of those folders that had the plastic slips. And inside there, I saw her put the money in there and then she'd write on the piece of paper, the balance. So every time she took money out or put money in, she had the ledger, yeah. you know, and mum being a bookkeeper, she was really onto that and keeping, and it was such a, a simple system, but helped her to really understand where money was going. And I think most business owners have one bank account. Yeah. All the money goes in there. And often we manage our cash flow by looking at our bank account. We, yeah. we, we, we log in there, have I got money? Yes, fantastic. Yeah. I'm doing okay. Yeah. yeah. There's a huge problem with that though, is that because we're managing and we're wearing a million hats in our business, we're forgetting about the GST and tax bill that's on the 16th of next month. Mm. We're forgetting about that payment to that loan. We're forgetting about that money that we borrowed from Steve. We're forgetting about all these different things because we're managing it all within inside of our heads. Or we look at our PL, which most people have been trained to do, is look at our PL and go, oh, we're showing profit and our PL. What many people don't realize is just because we show profit on the P&L doesn't mean that we have cash profit in the bank. And this is where this system, which we're going to share with you even more today, is a very, very simplistic system that just takes away all the guesswork of that and makes it so, so, so easy to understand where your money's going and how to maximize that return. Yeah. Where should we start in explaining perhaps the profit first system to our listeners today? Because it's quite a process to set it up properly, yeah. there's a few steps. And we actually go through that in Trading Business School and show you step-by-step, step, piece-by-piece, how to do it properly. 
But for, in terms of simplistic method, Barry, where would you suggest we would get them to start? Yeah, there's a, there's a few things that I'll, that I'll share. Yes, we absolutely we, we we have a process we go through that simplifies it. Each 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 training is like three to four minutes with one action, and after thirteen, the whole thing's implemented, set up and running, automated. You don't have to worry about it again; like it's done. Where things changed significantly for me was meeting Mike McCallowitz, who is the author of Profit First. He had the same system that I'd been using. He created the same system. It, he'd actually created a chart that showed approximate percentages that should be allocated to different buckets based on where your revenue was at. Mm. So first and foremost, regardless, like download the audio book Profit First by Mike McCallowitz or buy the physical book. Um, it's a, lot, a bit longer process than what we teach and what we share today, but that will go a lot more in depth if you don't want to find out. What I'd probably say first and foremost is you need to go and set up a series of bank accounts. So you need to have one bank account. And if you're driving right now, pull over, write this down and make sure you can allocate some time to, to implement it. But first bank account should be an internet only account. It shouldn't have a card. You can't access it unless you go online. And you're going to name that account income. And you're going to change all your invoices and you're going to ch change wherever anyone pays you to go into that account. What that automatically is going to do is stop all those subscriptions that just keep coming out of that account, having access to your income. And it's going to allow you to once a week to log into your bank and see what income have I collected for this week and then make a conscious decision of where that income gets allocated across the other accounts we're going to share today. So income account, internet only access, change all your incoming income into that one. Yep. The next account we want to have uh, is a cost of sales account, right? This is something that Mike doesn't talk about in his book, but, but we teach our tradies is work out roughly what your cost of sales are by looking at your P&L, which we spoke a bit about in the last mm -hmm. episode. You know, if your cost of sales are roughly 30 or 40%, 30 or 40% of that income, whatever it is, decide on it, should be allocated into that COGS account. Now, what happens is as we start to put these accounts out, if we start noticing that one of our accounts uh, has no money in it, it either lets us know, A, we're overspending in that part of the business, so it causes a conscious trigger to go, shit, I'm spending too much money on expenses or my income or my cost of sales. I need to change something, right? Rather than getting to the point where we get a 50 grand tax bill and can't afford to pay it. Yeah. Number two, if it's not that, it could simply be that the allocations are wrong and we need to juggle that as the business starts to grow more and you start to make more money. The cost of sale account is fantastic. And you mentioned COGS. And for those of you who don't know what COGS is, that's cost of goods sold. And typically that's more for a retailer style if you're selling goods, but that's typically in accounting world, that's the terminology. However, what we even kind of suggest that you refer to cost of sale as is materials and your subcontractors or contractors that you hire that aren't employees, yeah. that you only incur those expenses because you got work, Absolutely. got the job, right? Absolutely. So, so whatever word you use, whether it's materials, subcontractors, cost of sale, COGS, they're all the same thing, but that one account so you, that you know that when you get the invoice for that, those uh, materials, you've already allocated the cash so that whatever's left over is actually your money. Yeah, that stuff absolutely. wasn't your money because you had to you have to pay for that, and you may not be paying for that immediately. Yes. Often you might get invoiced a month or two later, but having that account is a lifesaver because it means that you're never scraping around and trying to oh, where's the money to pay that thing with the Cogs account. So that's the second account you want to set up Cogs, and again, it's a new account, but this account get a card for it because you might need that card to go and pay at your local trades store for supplies for your business. So you need a card with that account. Uh, the next account you set up is an online-only account, but it has the ability to make payments to other organizations. And that's for your tax. And if you're in Australia, it's for your tax and GST and superannuation. 
Now, ask your accountant, based on your current revenue, what percentage of the revenue do you need to put aside to make sure you always cover your tax, or if you're in Australia, GST and superannuation as well. And so that's the next thing you want to pay because, again, part of the laws of having a business and I guess the the duty of having a business is you need to pay your tax and GST. You can't avoid that, right? I know you might want to do a bunch of cashies, but again, it's going to catch up on you and you you don't have borrowing capacity and so forth. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you then put that aside next because it's not your money. It will get called on and there's no greater feeling than getting a tax and GST bill knowing you've got the cash there to pay for it. So that's that's the third account. Uh, account only, online access, but can pay bills because you want to be able to pay the tax department from that account without moving money around. The fourth account and the second last account, the next person we pay is you. You want an owner's drawing account. So we want to make sure that there's an account there for you and you're taking a percentage of income. Now, if you just Google profit first allocations, you'll see there's a chart that Mike's got there based on how much you earn, uh, what you should be paying yourself as a business owner. It's really important that you get into a rhythm of paying yourself regularly rather than just taking money whenever you need it because, again, there's no accountability of what that is. So that account should be similar to your tax account. Online only access, no card, can make payments because that account you'll set up to automatically pay your personal account. Mm. That's a really important account from a mindset point of view, like incredibly important. And I know a lot of people in business will um, do drawings. They'll take money out of the business. They're not necessarily yep. on, a, on a regular wage or salary. And those, particularly those who are starting out, particularly in, in trades may, may, or have, it, have a team, may find that you're not really drawing a wage at all. You know, you, you may find that things are a little bit tight. But I would highly recommend, and if you're not paying yourself, make it a dollar, at least pay yourself something because psychologically, like actually paying yourself something means you're valuing yourself. I yeah. resisted that for a while because I thought I couldn't afford to pay myself. I need to put all the money back into the business. I, I needed to I needed to get by. And my coach at the time said to me, Michael, you've got to pay yourself. Pay yourself first. You, you've earned it. There's another psychological tr- trigger there as well because often as business owners, we're like, oh, well, you know, I don't need much. I'll just take 100 bucks, 200 bucks or whatever it is. Mm. But also, like, if you're physically working the business, think about if you have to replace yourself, you have to pay a full-time wage. So if your business cannot afford to pay you the rate in which you would replace yourself hiring somebody else, there's a bigger issue there. And again, this causes a constant conscious decision to be made around, we're actually not charging enough for our work. If I can't afford to pay myself what it would cost me to to replace myself, there's there's an issue with my pricing. There's an issue within my model. So so that's another important reason. You spiked up really important, Michael, and we actually missed the most important account out of this, which actually is before the COGS account. That's your profit account. So the whole point of this model is to pay yourself first, not in terms of your wage, because paying yourself a wage, you're using it to pay other people. Mm -hmm. Paying yourself first is putting money into profit, right? Mm -hmm. What that does is it significantly affects the psychology of you as a business owner, right? You'll no longer have a number on on your P&L that shows profit without money in the bank. You'll actually have money in the bank. Now, even if your profit account is 1% or 2% or 5% of your total income, forcing yourself to pay that means that you have to make decisions in the other accounts to make the business numbers work, right? So that the first account that you should be transferring to before COGS or, or tax or GST or your owner's drawings is profit. And again, what's more important is not the amount, the percentage, but it's more important is the habit, mm-hmm. right? So with all of these, it's not an amount. You don't go, oh, I put 500 bucks in owner's drawings and 500 bucks in COGS. No, it's percentage. You need to work these off percentages of your total revenue, percentage-wise, how much in profit, percentage-wise of COGS. So as you start making more money, 
more money gets put into the account based on the percentages allocated. That is probably like the most important account, like the most important account. Like if you want profit, create a profit account. It makes logical sense, doesn't it? Like if you don't have a profit account, where's the profit live? It comes back to the story I shared when I started getting a pay rise. It's like having that account that you allocate that additional money into. Like, again, if you set the system up and, and you see, well, I can't afford to pay profit, I can't afford to pay myself, it indicates immediately that you've got a, you've got a profitability problem in your business yeah. you've got a costing problem so it takes yeah. away all all the questions around am i charging enough am i charging too much well no that's what you need to operate a profitable business so the profit account it should be an account you cannot touch so, so like the income account you can put money mm-hmm. in but you can't use it to pay bills it mm-hmm. allows you to accumulate the money and mm-hmm. we go through further in other episodes or in profit first book you can read what you actually do with that money and how that money gets used but for first just make sure you're setting up a percentage amount to go in there regularly, which takes us to the very last account. So you have income, 100% coming in, profit, COGS, tax, GST, super, uh, owners pay. The last account is OPEX, operational expenses. This is for your below the line expenses, your day-to-day operations, your full-time staff, your petrol, your, your, your office rent, your internet, all that sort of stuff. And what you'll probably find when you start putting money through this system is that you haven't got enough money in the OPEX account, which is an indication you're overspending. You need to tighten your belt and you need to generate more revenue. What's even cool about this, Barry, is that like now you just log into your, on your phone, look at your banking, you actually see the position of your business rather than like one big account. And you don't have to ask your accountant to find out where you're at. You don't have to log into zero mile or whatever system that you're using to run a report and go through all those things, which will probably confuse the hell out of you if you're not really familiar with that. Very, very simple. And immediately, no matter where you are, you can log on and know how much money you got to spend on what. This allows anyone, regardless of what your relationship is with money and regardless of what your upbringing and your beliefs are about money, this will allow you, I absolutely guarantee you, if you go through this process and implement it, and again, why one, why it's one of the very first things we teach within the Trading Business School is part of the profit plan is we not only tell you what the numbers are, but we show you what allocations you should be making to each of those accounts based on what the income is. So it takes all the guesswork away. The reason this is the most important thing is because I guarantee that within three to six months, you'll have more money in your account than you've ever had possible. And within 12 months, you'll have a far stronger business and a stronger mindset than you've ever seen before in your life through following something that's so easy and automated. Just make sure that OPEX account, again, has a card. So the OPEX and the cost of sales need cards because you need those cards to be able to give to your subscriptions or to give to your payments and so forth. But again, uh, if you want to understand what percentages as a benchmark to aspire towards, just Google Profit First Allocations by Mike McAllowitz. You'll get a sheet there. Uh, it'll probably make you feel sick the first time you go through and put your numbers in because you realise how far out of whack this are. It's not the first time we've seen co- our clients go green when they've done this the first time. It's honestly, like it, it can bring people to tears, the yeah. truth of the situation. And literally, we had a, a brand new client say to me the other day that, wow, they did not realise they thought they were doing well but they're losing money and they had absolutely no idea that when they actually looked at the financials, they did not have any clue that that was the position. And so when you do this, just just be kind to yourself. Like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to look at the truth, right? And that's, what's really exciting because 
this moment is the worst moment. It's, this is the hardest part is actually looking at the truth in the face and going, this is where I am right now, but this yeah. is where it changes. And so like, get excited about this. I know it, it may not be, and you may not feel excited. You may be like, you know, like I'm, I don't want to see it, but know that this is the medicine and this is actually going to work. And so many tradies and general contractors have implemented this system. Not enough, by the way, but the many that we've worked with, and it's absolutely changed their life. And we'd like to change your life with this system as well. So, so takeaways from this is if you have listened to this while you have been driving to side or in the, in the, the Bobcat the excavator, whatever it may be, uh, absolutely put aside some time to re-listen to it to get those things set up. You can even de- delegate it out to your, your partner or to your accountant or someone to help set those accounts up as well. Uh, download the allocation guide online and, and run some numbers and see where it's at. Be okay that you won't be there to start with. Like your numbers will be way skewed, but that will provide you a benchmark of where over the next three to six months you need to start changing your numbers to where they hit those benchmarks and you are putting the right amount in those different accounts. Uh, if you want to go a lot deeper into this, one or two things, either A, join up to the Trading Business School for the cost of, God, a few coffees a week. Uh, you're going to have access to hundreds of traders that are growing and scaling businesses and doing amazing. Or if, you're like, if you're like me, it's actually cheaper than the coffee habit. That's true. This right? is true. <laughs> Um, but we take you through as one of the very first things we do and get, get this set up step by step, hold your hand every step of the way, give you scripts of what state of the bank, uh, what accounts to open up, and also give you the profit plan to go through and put your numbers in to give you an understanding where you are and where you need to go. And it starts to show the adjustments required on a weekly basis to, to get you there. Uh, the other option is you can go it alone as well. Read Mike McCullough's book, Profit First. It will change your life. Download it, into, uh, implement it. And make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to the Trading Business School podcast where we'll keep educating you guys on the easiest and simplest way to grow your trades and general contractors business. Michael, this has been like we're we're actually over time. This has been amazing, fast, and I trust a huge amount of value for those listening as well. It's been awesome. I'm really looking forward to like hearing your feedback as, as listeners to this, like how this has impacted you. Really love to hear your feedback and also know that, you know, we're here for you and that you're not alone. And that you can join a fantastic community where it's going to be a real home for you guys, a real home for traders and general contractors to come together because t- together we're going we're gonna to smash it this year, right? And we're going to make this the best financial year that you've ever had and this is going to be the start of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mike, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and look forward to seeing the next episode. Bye for now. See you guys. Thank you.